0: I clocked that one.
1: One this whole time. Everything works.
0: Yep. But not this week. Not this week. It's all broken this week.
1: Yep. Everything's broken. All right. So, hi, everybody. Welcome to. Uh, so you couldn't catch me off guard this time I know, either. I knew. Because it's, it's all so quiet in here. You I can know. hear me click. So, uh, we're going to do a uh, legendary history this week. Uh, I found a pretty cool article that uh, I wanted to look at. So, welcome, everybody. I'm Don.
0: I'm Josh. It's just a history kind of week It is for us right now. That's like uh, two history episodes and a history midweek. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, uh, as you can hear, we do not have Ruben.
0: Well, Uh, they cannot hear the absence. No, you can't hear the
1: absence. You can't prove a negative. But Ruben's not with us. He is visiting family uh, this week for the holidays because they couldn't meet up on the holidays. But he will be with us in the main episode. Uh, He'll be recording remotely. But uh, so this week, I found a really cool article on grunge.com.
0: On grunge.com?
1: Grunge.com. And uh, it's got the the article is Real Stories Behind Bizarre Events in History. And it's just like really rapid fire, uh, real quick stories. Some of them uh i plan to actually do as an actual <coughs> um full episode like right. one of them's on the mary celeste the ghost ship I plan okay. to do that as as
0: a main episode on grunge.com
1: on grunge.com
0: and yes. is it not grunge the genre of music no i guess oh. not
1: they're just mainly like history entertainment crime
0: i was picturing like the entire background of the website is like that <laughs> iconic striped shirt that kurt cobain wore
1: Yeah, or the naked baby in the pool. Yeah, exactly. No, we just got a white background. So, all right, so let's get started. So the first story is the Halley's Comet Panic of 1910. So named after astronomer Edmund Halley, Halley's Comet only passes by Earth every 76 years or so. When it buzzed our planet in 1910, it sparked a lot of interest. Now, according to Wired.com, telescope sales skyrocketed on the comet as the comet neared. Hotels even offered special deals so people could gather on top of their roofs to watch the meteor pass. Now, of course, not everyone was pleased with the Comet's appearance, as many believed the, the shooting star would end in civilization. Oh, my God. Hold on. My brain sidetracked.
0: Yeah, reread that last yeah. part for me.
1: So, of course, not everyone was pleased with the Comet's appearance, as many believed the shooting star would end civilization
0: not pleased with the comet's appearance what (laughs) like what do you want the comet to live up to your beauty standards
1: (laughs) Mm, that tail is just not pretty enough
0: it's if the comet can't change it in five seconds or less then don't mention it
1: (laughs) so this crazy idea came courtesy of camille flammarion a french astronomer who believed that the comet's 24 million mile long tail i did not realize its tail was that big yeah. Uh, contained a poisonous cyanogen gas that would impregnate the atmosphere and pro- possibly snuff out all life on the planet.
0: Yeah, we have an end of day scenario every couple of years.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, the New York Times did a piece on Flammarian's apocalyptic theory that encouraged some less trustworthy newspapers to run wild with the story. I don't know the press doesn't do that.
0: Never. No.
1: So, in addition to telescopes, people started ransacking stores for gas masks. Con men made a killing by selling anti-comet pills. Nice. What year? 1910. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. And some people worried that the comet would cause the Pacific to change basins with the Atlantic.
0: (laughs) Okay. And just (laughs) all the water is going to just jump over? Yeah. Switch? That'd be cool to watch, actually that's like one of my worst fears actually (laughs) i fucking hate water and you live in okay yeah i well aware
1: of the irony (laughs) i mean i i don't hate water i i I have i don't fear getting in the water Mm -hmm. i do and it's funny because i used to scuba dive i do have this un nerving feeling getting into large bodies of open water
0: uh, see it's not even that for me it's here i may have mentioned this on the show before but here's your josh trivia for the week i have a nasty phobia of water oh yeah I,
1: you've mentioned that you don't, won't even let your face get wet in the shower.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it took me like until the age of twenty one or twenty two before I started properly washing my face in the shower. Yeah. Because I cannot stand water getting in my face. (laughs) I've like conquered it a lot now, but I still like I don't swim. If if I go to a pool, my ass is standing in the shallow part. That's why I like I like hot tubs (laughs) because I can just you know throw my arms up on the sides and sit there and look like a seal but
1: (laughs) my biggest thing as far well that i don't want to say it's a fear i guess it is a fear i can't stand the sight of blood especially my blood
0: yeah it doesn't really bother me Uh, No, i mean it makes me a little anxious because i'm like hmm depending on the amount but like well a little prick or something when brandon was speaking of little pricks
1: (laughs) eight um he was in we were in cub scouts at the time and he had just gotten to the rank of bear uh uh-huh. and bear is where you're allowed to get and um, use a knife for the first time ah and we're not gonna do much in this article but he um so we were unpacking we had just gotten to the fucking campsite it was at fort clinch uh-huh just gotten to the campsite and i'm still unloading the fucking car yeah and he asked daddy can i you know, can I use my knife? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, sure, son, go ahead. And I'm, literally, I walked to the car. It was 10 feet to the car. That's all it takes. I turned around, and he's walking to the sink at the the bath, the bath bathroom area. I was like, what's going on? He's like, a bug stabbed me. And I was like, a bug? <laughs> he was he, how old? He was eight. Eight. He was like, a bug cut. Maybe he was nine. I can't remember the ages, but yeah. He's like, a bug uh, cut me. I was like, let me see your hand. And he had a gash all the way across the base of his hand. I'm like, son, what bug did that? And he finally confessed that he was holding a piece of wood and was carving it. Uh-huh. And it was a brand new knife.
0: Yeah. So, so as was soon sharp. as it hit skin.
1: Uh-huh. So we took, I literally had to drive him to Baptist over here yep. to get stitches. And then we went back to camping. So we had the stitches for two weeks. We take the stitches out. The very next night, the little fucker goes to spend the night at a friend's house. And they're playing hide and seek. And they had this metal shoe rack at the, the uh, front door. Uh-huh. And it was right at the staircase. And he was running and fell and caught the side of his head on the corner of this Ooh. metal shoe rack. Sliced his head open. Yeah. and so they're back f- to Baptist. Yeah. No. No, we didn't go to Baptist this time because we learned our lesson because they charge us like $1,000 for uh-huh. sew it up. And it was like four stitches and it was like ridiculously like lame looking but he um so we ended up going to urgent care uh-huh just before they closed i mean everybody else was gone lights were turned out and everything and they were just walking out but the the husband of the or the father of the friend he was staying with worked for the fire department he was a paramedic
0: oh, okay well shit he should have just sewed him well right then and there so
1: he was telling us in front of brandon that uh just some butterfly those little like butterfly things should yeah. work Then he takes me outside and he's like, the butterfly things aren't going to work. You need to get stitches. So we take him to urgent care and he had actually cut in or severed the artery
0: in his head.
1: And so he had had this this gauze or whatever, up and had pressure (gasps) when they were in the fucking urgent care Uh room and they have to sew the actual artery up. Yeah. As soon as he removed that bandage blood just went tss, tss, oh. and daddy was like oh my god oh. <laughs> knees go weak and i'm just like yeah
0: oh. but anyways back to the story <laughs> <laughs> talking about a comet
1: yeah it was something about a comet changing the base the pacific to the atlantic and vice versa and we turn the world into one heterogeneous or heterogeneous is that the right
0: Yes, heterogeneous?
1: Heterogeneous mass of chaotic confusion. Worried parishioners flocked to their churches, and according to science writer Matt Simon, people actually sealed up their keyholes to keep poison out of their homes.
0: I don't think that's how that works. I don't
1: think that's how that works I don't
0: think that's the part you need to be worried about.
1: (laughs) When the comet finally passed, however, the gas masks proved totally worthless, as there was no poison. Sure, a few people blamed the meteor for King Edward VII's death, but there's not a lot of science backing that claim. Interestingly, Mark Twain also passed away as the comet flew overhead. Now That's extra weird considering he was born as the comet last flew by in 1835.
0: That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. A man who existed entirely between two visits of Halley's Comet.
1: Right. He was an alien. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> he was the original Heaven's Gate.
0: It's obviously... <laughs> obviously the situation here is that uh he got his spirit dropped off uh it's scientology is what it is Mm -hmm. yeah Uh
1: uh-huh yeah he was a thate. so the next story is the story of john glenn's fireflies know who john
0: glenn is yeah he's the guy who wrote fireflies you would not believe your (laughs) eyes Who is that? No, that's... That's Owl City. Owl City, yeah. I knew it was something with an owl. They fucking play that like four or five times a day at work now, and it's... (laughs) I like the song. I really like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The lyrics are written by a psychopath, for sure. (laughs) He spends the whole song humanizing these fireflies and talking about how much he loves them, and he cried when they left. Yeah. And then like the last line of the song, do you remember it? No. He says, uh, "But I'll know where several are if my dreams get real bizarre, because I saved a few and I keep them in a jar." That's a psychopath. <laughs> That's a psychopath. I never. I mean, I like this. I don't say I like it.
1: I don't mind the song, but I've never like sat down and listened to it.
0: Uh, it's not on my Spotify liked songs. Yeah,
1: mine either. All right. So, no, John Glenn was the first American to orbit planet Earth. Oh, good for him. One of the first seven ast- Mercury 7. Okay. So John Glenn holds a special place in U.S. history. He was Yeah, part of- I,
0: I recognized
1: his name. Uh, I you couldn't remember. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was part of the Mercury 7, which is the first group of American astronauts, and he was the first American to orbit Earth. I could have just read that and not had. All right. <laughs> so on February 20th, 1962, he climbed aboard the Friendship 7 and blasted into the atmosphere. While monitoring the Mercury spacecraft, Glenn circled the planet three times in about five hours. But of course, he also spent some time watching the sun rise and set, rise and set. And then the fireflies showed up. Now, as Glenn was circling the Earth a second time, he looked outside Friendship 7 to see his spacecraft was surrounded by tiny glowing lights. Awestruck, Glenn told Mission Control that he was in a big mass of thousands of very small particles that are brilliantly lit up. Like they're luminescent, he described them as yellowish green and said that each orb looked like a firefly on a real dark night. Now neither Glenn nor NASA knew what was happening. While some might have suspected extraterrestrials, the astronaut believed it was a sort of miracle.
0: Uh, now, is it because
1: he looked at the sun
0: no, rising and setting no, for no, too No, he long?
1: actually saw these particles. These particles were real. Okay. <laughs> However, these fireflies had a simple, more realistic explanation. The Mercury spacecraft was equipped with a vent that projected the astronauts' bodily fluids <laughs> into space. <laughs> when the liquid was shot into the void, it, piss? It, it's piss? It's his piss. It was his piss reflecting the light of the sun.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it, it froze instantly, and if the light hit it just at the right angle, these droplets would glow like a thousand little celestial fireflies.
0: That's fucking rad. Which makes that song completely different now. <laughs> I'm going to think about this at work the next time <laughs> yeah. it comes on, and I'm not going to be able to tell anyone why I'm laughing, so I'm going to be like astronaut John Glenn, the first guy who orbited the Earth.
1: <laughs> now, the next story is the story of the death of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, fucking cool. Yeah. So on September 27th, 1849, Edgar Allan Poe was supposed to travel from Richmond, Virginia to Philadelphia. He was going to help a fellow writer edit some poetry, but Poe never made it to the city of brotherly love. Instead, he somehow wound up in Baltimore, Maryland. Now nobody knows how he got there or what he was doing there, but when he was discovered on October 3rd, the author was in serious trouble. Poe was found lying in the street outside a salon called Gunner's Hall. The barely conscious, I'm sorry, barely conscious and wearing somebody else's worn-out clothes. Tragically, the writer spent his last days either unconscious or delirious. When he wasn't in a coma, he was thrashing around so badly that he had to be stripped or strapped down. And while he never could explain what had happened to him, he kept repeating the name Reynolds. Now, the writer eventually died on October seventh. Since then, there have been all sorts of wild theories about the cause of his death, ranging from mercury poisoning to rabies. But while there's no shortage of uh, speculation, there is one theory that seems more likely than the rest. Many historians think that Poe was the victim of cooping. Cooping? Cooping. In the 19th century, voting was actually kind of dangerous. Crooks, known as Coopers would grab people off the streets, beat them up, and get them drunk or high on opium. The victims were then forced to vote at multiple polling places, but in order to disguise these drugged-out voters, the Coopers would dress their victims in shabby disguises. The cooping theory accounts for Poe's change of clothes and his delirious state. Even more convincing, Poe is discovered on election day in front of a saloon that doubled as a polling place.
0: Ah, that was actually kind of a plot point in uh, Gangs of New York. Yeah. what? The yeah. Tubing? Well, it's, uh, they probably didn't call it that yet. Yeah. But uh, there was a whole section where they were trying to get somebody elected. And there were all these, like, gang members. Cause they were trying to get, like, a gang leader elected, basically. Yeah. And uh, they were out there, like, uh, grabbing people off the street. And they were like, how many times have you voted? And he'd be like, four times. He'd be like, well, shave your beard and go vote another four. <laughs> and like beating the shit out of people and just throwing them into polling places and like go vote again and then they were like you've already received four times as many votes as there are people in this town <laughs>
1: yep all right uh so we got two more stories next one is the most mysterious disease in the world the world has seen its fair share of awful epidemics but no modern day disease has been quite so mysterious as encephalitis lethargica, lethargica. Lethargica, sorry. Okay. This the, the sickness first appeared in 1916, but it really started spreading during the 20s. The disease caused all, caused all sorts of symptoms, like tremors, psychosis, and drowsiness. And it was incredibly lethal, killing around a million people. Those who survived were often locked inside their own bodies. A staggering 20% of victims were invalids for the rest of their lives. And only 14% ever fully recovered. Making things worse, doctors had no clue what was happening. They knew the disease attacked the brain. uh, For encephalitis lethargica means inflammation of the brain that makes you tired. But that was about it. They didn't know where it came from or how to stop it. Then in the late 20s, the disease simply vanished, leaving a staggering number of comatose patients in its wake. For decades, it seemed that the sickness was gone for good. Until it reared its ugly head again in 1993, infecting a prop of approximately 20 people. This time around, however, a trio of doctors, John Oxford, Andrew Church, and Russell Dole, cracked the E. lethargica code. These medical professionals discovered that most modern-day victims had started off with sore throats caused by a rare form of streptococcus. This bizarre bacterium would then mutate. And cause the immune system to attack the brain. With that in mind, the researchers looked back at the old cases and discovered that in the 1920s, many patients suffered from sore throats caused by a kind of streptococcus. Okay. Unfortunately, while scientists now have a good idea of what causes this sleepy sickness, there's still no cure. So that's fun.
0: Yeah, that's the whole story on that one. Yep. Oh, I t- I'm. Going to have to do solo research on that after, because it's interesting, but they didn't give us a whole lot there.
1: Yeah. So the final story is the reason why I chose this article.
0: Fantastic.
1: The The title of the story is The Woman Who Gave Birth to Rabbits. I hate it. <laughs> In September of 1726, an English woman named Mary Taft gave birth to something that looked like cat intestines.
0: This is what happens when you're a furry. <laughs>
1: And when local obstetrician John Howard arrived at her home, he helped Taft Taft deliver several several cat legs and nine
0: dead baby rabbits. Hell no. Baffled. why'd she put that inside of herself? (laughs) Don't bury the lead, hush. Baffled,
1: (laughs) Howard wrote to Mm -hmm. medical experts in London. Soon, word of the miraculous births made their way to King George I himself. What year again? twenty
0: six. some days i see how far we really have come
1: <laughs> curious the king sent nathaniel saint andrew his personal surgeon slash autonomous to investigate and on the day he showed up mary taft gave birth to rabbit number 15
0: oh on the day he showed up huh? Yes. very conveniently
1: shockingly both saint andrew andre sorry it was saint andre not andrew sorry Uh, And John Howard really thought Taft was delivering rabbits. They believed, this is how they believe this happened. Again, how far we've come. They believed she'd been startled by a rabbit while pregnant.
0: (laughs) I have no comment. I've been researching this time period. I am not surprised.
1: (laughs) Uh, And that's why she was giving birth to baby bunnies. This insane, insane theory was called maternal impression. Nope. But not everyone bought into it. It was determined that rabbits' lungs couldn't have developed inside Taft's womb. Plus, one physician found droppings inside a dead bunny that contained hay and straw. Crazier still, after Taft delivered half a rabbit, someone noticed that the animal had been cut in two by a knife. Still, St. Andre was convinced Taft was a baby baby, bun, blah, baby bunny mama, and he brought her to London for closer examination. Upon her arrival, Taft became, became the talk of the town. People I fucking f- bet. <laughs> People flocked to see the legendary mother, and her story was covered in major newspapers. But once she was in London, Taft stopped giving birth. As if that wasn't suspicious enough, a servant was caught sneaking a rabbit into her room. After one doctor threatened to perform surgery on her, Taft confessed it was all a hoax. Hoping to earn money in freak shows and scam a few prominent doctors along the way, Taft had been shoving the rabbits inside her vagina and then pushing them out. Well, I clocked that one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like I said, you buried the fucking <laughs> leaf. <laughs>
0: fucking christ (laughs) that's just uh those bunnies didn't deserve that man
1: i don't understand why they cut one in half i guess it
0: didn't fit that's what i was thinking yeah
1: also could you imagine (laughs) the fucking energy that would have to be put forth to put that i know that the the it's made to push a baby out, but it uh-huh. has to be prepared to
0: push a baby out. It's not prepared to take a baby in. No. It's an exit only. Yes. Well, well, uh, well yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's either exit only or inter-exit, inter-exit, inter-exit. Yeah. So, now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is something of a revolving door. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't laugh too much. <laughs> okay all right everybody so that that just a few little crazy stories um if you're interested go to grunge.com they have a lot of these like just crazy
0: historical. stories about kurt cobain about yeah. uh alice and chains <laughs> yeah, Soundgarden. stories about Soundgarden. Yeah. Yep, yep yep but uh just lots of uh 90s seattle-based alternative yeah mm-hmm. that's all it is actually
1: mm-hmm. there were all all of these were subjects of songs
0: yeah uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah you you know the nirvana song about the woman who put rabbits inside of her it was called the bunny hop fuck (laughs) anyways so
1: we're gonna wrap this up uh so we can get on with the satanic panicking and uh hook up with reuben so thank you guys so much for listening uh i've been don i've been josh and one day we'll come up with some better endings to these shows (laughs) no we won't probably probably not. not bye
0: bye